You are listening to High Score 510. We're on vacation this week, but we wanted to make sure that y'all had something to listen to. You know, because we like that. <laughs> Anyways, we made our Best of Season 6 Part 1. There's a game show, there's a taste testing, sports talk, and even a movie review. We hope you enjoy the show. He said something just blatantly racist about DeMora Smith and his appearance, and it's not enough to get him to, you know, step down or take a leave of absence or resign or whatever. But once had to do with women and LGBTQ community, um, that was when it was like the final straw that broke the, the I, 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 back. Jared, I think you've taken it too far because DeMora Smith did have big Michelin tire lips, just like mine, <laughs> after I was eating a trickle right now. She was eating my lips. <laughs> They look just like Michelin tires because I'm sick of Wayne Kane. Yeah, because I remember about 10 years ago, John Gruden said Pedro had Firestone tire lips. <laughs> because he had the hot sauce and they would look like they was on fire. And he's like, man, this must like that Firestone tire lips. And I heard he didn't get chucked down the only Firestone. He had to apologize to Firestone, not Pedro. Uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, John Gruden of the Las Vegas Raiders, a local team to us, uh, formerly of the Oakland Raiders. John Gruden this week resigned after a firestorm uh, from past emails was coming down on him. Uh, Emails that he sent when he was not working for the league, but was instead working for ESPN, a partner of the league. Uh, Friday came out saying that he had called um, our friend D. Maurice Smith. Uh, Was D. Maurice Smith the head of the uh, Players Union? Yes, he's been the, Yeah. yeah. He, he Negro shamed him for having Michelin tire size lips. Um, and, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> that did was he shame him or did he just just putting it out there just so people didn't know? Maybe people ain't seen him before. Just in case you didn't know, he looked like if a, a black Willem Dafoe had an allergic reaction to some shellfish. It's like that's what he said about his lips. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you didn't forgot you was allergic to that shellfish. Your lips got even bigger than they already was. That happened on Friday. The war, uh, the the Raiders had a very lackluster game on Sunday, and then on Monday, uh, even more came out um, and stating that he had used anti-gay uh, slurs, misogynistic terms. Um, but we to, know that's not cool. And we know that's not cool to describe. What, what specifically, what, Roger what specifically Goodell. did he say? He called Roger Goodell the f word, and also said Roger Goodell shouldn't have pressured Jeff Fisher into having to draft some queers. Um, when, uh, alluding to Michael Sam being drafted to the Rams some years ago, also called him a pussy idiot. He sent naked pictures of Washington cheerleaders through a company email. Uh, yeah, from the bottom down, nude p- photos of Washington cheerleaders, which was part of the toxic culture. Um, yeah. And uh, lest we forget, his brother Jay Gruden was caught out at a bar getting belligerent after a loss a couple years ago, which precipitated him losing his job with the team. So it didn't surprise me that he would say some crude things if you like look at his brother's behavior as a literal head coach during the time in Washington. But anyways, Ernest, you are a Raider fan. Uh, yeah. You were wearing the hat, I, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, you know, I, I root for him. You he brought Jimmy has too. That means he's a Durex fan. <laughs> Hey, brother, I haven't, I haven't worn a condom since 97. Let's not. Hey, I ain't wore one since 95. And I'll tell you this, I've been nothing but single since then. So <laughs> that, Johnson, that Johnson and Johnson on top of that Moderna I got is healing me. You living on the edge, brother. <laughs> I'm like Easy and Magic Johnson combined. 
<laughs> nah, man. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, white people haven't uh, evolved in their uh, jokes. I didn't know we were still doing the big lip thing. Uh, I never heard Michelin tires, though, so that's kind of like, okay, okay, John Gruden. I mean, are we really that outraged? I mean, I'm not about to get up here like Randy Moss and start crying. That Negro is wild for that. Yeah. Uh, weakness is that Negro. You start crying over an email John Gruden wrote in 2011. This uh, Negro is crying on TV. Randy Moss went on ESPN and was sitting on with a, tears. a panel of four other white people crying about John Gruden's emails, which was <laughs> like, let's can we get a black guy who's sensitive on here? Let's get him. Not Keyshawn Johnson. He hates him. Not Keyshawn. Uh, well, I guess my question is, is, is this the end of John Gruden? And should we cut him some slack is the question, because as we know, some of these emails came out 10 years ago and email wasn't quite the same or it wasn't quite taken as seriously then as it maybe is now. How, how did they get leaked? Like, how, how did they it's come part to of life? an investigation? I think the NFL, the NFL sent it to the Raiders. So it's part of the NFL investigation into the uh, Washington, Washington football, football team's team. toxic culture, right? Everything that's come out with the cheerleaders. Then some of them said they've been like asked to be naked and take naked pictures by people that work for Washington. It's been all bad. So they they somehow through some federal investigation, they got hold of 600,000 emails, 650,000 emails, 650,000 emails. And and they start and they were the ones that I guess they gave it to the Raiders. So we I thought it was leaked, but I think the NFL put it out and the Washington Post got a hold of it. The NFL put it out because they wanted the Raiders. They knew this was all bad. So they allowed the first one that they thought was going to be bad enough for the Raiders to fire him. And when they didn't do nothing, then the NFL and he coached Sunday night. That's I think it, that's when the NFL put out all came, the rest of John. It came Green. out. It came out like three days before Demora Smith was about to be voted out of his job. Yes, yes. And then they just went ahead and released more John Gruden ones. And then they released some Adam Schefter ones. It's just been oh, all bad there. Adam Schefter's all bad right now. Because at first I was like that last week. I remember last week I was like, I'm trying to figure out how I got leaked. If that was his private email, then why did it get leaked? And then I didn't know it was part of the investigation. Straight up yeah. company email, company email account anyway. That's yeah, crazy. Sending, sending new photos of cheerleaders to Compton email. You know, email email has become your formal paper trace now in the, you know, you know, business world and your professional world. That professional email is is holds as much weight as, you know, what I'm saying your phone number, you know, it can it can co-sign and, and basically, you know, make decisions for you, make decisions uh, for yourself through that email, you represent yourself through that email. Um, so it's it's really important and it's your paper trail to keep track of everything that happens in your work agreement. So I never took email that seriously, but over the last couple of years and the last like five years, I've been like, you know, like it's been emphasized more and more how important it is. So I, I'm wondering, like, you know, was John Rudin just a just caught up in the circumstance and he forgot it wasn't his Yahoo account or his or his Hotmail account? He was no, emailing. No, from no. He, he just he, he, he just used to talking like that. <laughs> yeah, that that and he was sending it from his personal email. He was sending the personal email to the company server, to um Alan's company server. That's how they got caught. Yeah. So he was using he wasn't, his sending, email. he wasn't sending it from ESPN company account. No, yeah, he wasn't sending it from ESPN. He was sending it through yeah, his was personal. The Washington guys was Bruce Allen a business one. Yeah. It just tells you how he he's the most overrated coach in history. Exactly. He got he got a lifetime contract that he didn't earn with the Raiders. 
He didn't earn. He didn't earn any of that. Well, I, I kind of disagree. He did earn it. He was white. When you white, you earn stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, there you go. If that's how you're gonna say it, <laughs> I, I can't argue with that. Yeah, he earned it. He earned that. Uh, what where does this where does this put the Raiders though? Um, I guess and and they whooping ass. They whooping ass right now. They whooping ass today. Rich Bisaccia obviously is a better head coach than John Gruden. It's a conspiracy. They want a different coach. They did all this conspiracy shit to bring out these emails from 10 years ago. It's a conspiracy to get them out of there. Come on, it's obvious. They want another coach. Well, the NFL probably wanted him out of there. The Raiders didn't want him out of there because Mark Davis kind of hot about it. He pissed. Yeah, he tried to hold on as long as he He could. He don't even want to talk. Sounds like the NFL does a better job of investigating emails and shit. The NFL do a better job than the Oakland PD of doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing Oakland PD does do is they have that one brother who's the police chief get up there and talk about another person being shot and killed every time that happens there. That's that's the one thing. I give him credit in front of that camera every time somebody gets shot, which is a lot. But if you call because somebody breaking into your house or your apartment or your car, they'd be like, "Uh, please fill out this form online. We'll, We'll send somebody out in the next 24 to 48 hours. Or we got a homeless person in a tent setting your building on fire. Exactly. <laughs> and then, I mean, we can't prove that she set that fire. All her shit happened to be on fire and still burning, we can't fire. prove it. Hey, next time, just call the NFL executive offices. Be like, <laughs> say, John, John Gruden set my building on fire and try to steal my catalytic converter. That's, a, that's what I would tell her. Hey, man, hey, this lady had emails, toxic culture, man. <laughs> she was emailing Bruce Allen from 2012. I need you to come check out check her out right now i tell you this though jared me and john gruden had a lot in common because when i caught that dude under my car and the other dude looking out yelling i mean i went full john gruden i called them all kind of names there was no <laughs> at that point you would have thought i was john gruden out there what, what the fuck you doing under my what the fuck is that your motherfucking cousin i mean you should have heard me go i went oh, off man yeah. i went off i you called him every yeah, name I'm in the like- world I made shit up. I called them Michelin. I said they had rubber lips, everything, man. I went off on them. So why no ass up under my car? I went off so much. I mean, it was ridiculous to the point where he was like, put like this, to the point where criminals were apologizing to me as they were leaving. They, I mean, I called them everything in the book. Me and John Gruden had a lot in common that day because I went off. I heard you <laughs> called them a couple, a couple of queers and some homosexuals. <laughs> I called him Barack Obama at one point. <laughs> <laughs> you fake-ass Barack Obama looking mother, get from up under my car. Exactly. I went Killing off, my man. freedom. You should have seen me. I, it would it was shades of John Gruden. I would have got canceled from a lot of groups. Oh, Ain't shit. no PC moment when somebody's stealing your shit. Exactly. Maybe, and maybe that's what John Gruden's at. Maybe somebody was, he was emailing because he felt like his livelihood was getting stolen. Yeah, it's it's, just true to life. Everything that real hate come out when people mess with your true to life love. Uh, Football. Football. Yeah. You don't mess with football. He grew up, yeah, he grew up in football. He grew up in football. So he felt like like the concussion protocol. He probably went off on Africans too because of Will Smith in that movie. (laughs) Exactly. I, and I don't know if it was so much of the concussion part. It was probably just as active. <laughs> John Gruden, man, shout out sponsorship. Come on our show. We'd love to be your first interview post uh, resignation so you can explain, you know, saying what yeah. was it about about football that you didn't want to see changed by these uppity Negroes and these that yeah, I want to know how long that tire lips joke been in, in, the, in the, you know what I'm saying, in the trunk. 
you know they had that in, out the out in the trunk in the early eighties. You probably heard his dad uh, that, say that's it. Been, that's, that's been around since tires was invented. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> he heard his dad say it. He heard his, you know, all the other coaches. Like, shoot, I can't get these big nick nigger lips, these big <laughs> niggas to uh run this play right. They damn lips in the way. I want to see the NFL look through all the emails of players and coaches related to that dude, Michael Sam. Oh, oh, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> it is pumpkin spice season, my friends. It is pumpkin wow. spice season. And in honor of pumpkin spice season, y'all know us here at the high school 510. We love pumpkin spice and beautiful white woman so we're gonna be tasting uh carl can you introduce the first one we're tasting well today we're gonna be tasting the southern tier brewing company's warlock the imperial pumpkin stout the imperial uh, southern tier imperial pumpkin stout um second tier? Oh, is not, not first tier it's not the it's uh. a southern second southern tier the, it's a, the, uh, I found it at Bevmo. Shout out to Bevmo sponsorship. We tried some beers you had featured on one of your shows, and it is pumpkin spice season, so I can't help myself but get everything pumpkin in this indigenous time of year. Y'all recognize pumpkins are indigenous. They're not just for beautiful white women. They are from the earth that was cultivated by our natives who taught them cracker ass crackers how to cultivate pumpkins. Now they turn it into this kind of thing, which I do love. Just like white women. Let's go ahead and give it a taste. And uh, I just want you to tell me what you like about it. And then, um, you know, saying, would you recommend this, this beer from the Southern Tier? <laughs> that rhymed. I didn't mean to do that. I'm already getting a little drunk. It smells like a really tasty cereal. No, it does not, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It smells like kicks to me a little bit. Kind of tastes like kicks, also. Man, how are you gonna put nutmeg inside Guinness and they call it? Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, it is an 8.5 no. beer. Hashes, hashes, we'll start with you. Uh, how do you feel about this beer? This beer makes me feel like that I should stand on my porch and look around how minorities are moving in and say that my, my neighborhood's going to shit. <laughs> this is a, this is a horrible beer, dog. This is racist. <laughs> this is racist. Just having this in my house. <laughs> you turn it into a beautiful white woman. Cinnamon? <laughs> Who the fuck put cinnamon in a stout, dog? But somebody needs to be arrested for this. I'm not saying you, and I appreciate you, <laughs> the gesture of the beer. But, yo, come on now. <laughs> it is pumpkin spice. Uh, Aaron, how do you feel about this? De delectable treat <laughs> for me it tastes confusing like right it tastes like that homeless lady that somehow set up shop at the bottom of my building and i kind of want her gone but then i taste this beer and it makes me think of the gentrification that's moving in and i'm like well, shit i'm just confused <laughs> i want i want the homeless people gone from living at the bottom of my building i want them to stop selling crack at the bottom of my building you smoke crack don't you Look at me, boy! Don't you smoke crack? But what's my alternatives? This beer, this disturbing. I messed up. Like you could have this on every corner. See, white people move in and they don't set up liquor stores. They set up beer gardens where they serve hard kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the new Parkway sponsorship. I would say 
It smells like kicks. Tastes like white women. Come on. Mm. And uh, you know, if the if the mood is right, I could drink this. You know, if she had knitted knitted fingerless gloves and a nice beanie to match, I'm on that shit. Mm. If she drinking this beer, she wouldn't let you in the house. <laughs> <laughs> only when she wants to upset her dad. <laughs> yeah, only when, only when set the, you up with her dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, them daddy <laughs> issues come kicking through with this beer. I can taste. I can taste daddy issues. In it, this it, beer, it tastes like I'm. I'm glad I told you to bring it to Carl's house so I could pick it up later. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think he's joking. I think although he might like it. Ben is the one person on this show that might like this beer. <laughs> we'll never know. Okay, well, y'all ready to move on to the the second beer? Hey, I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. Just to get, I just got stoned because I think the weed is kicking in. But I was like, if you, hey, this is how you can make both of the things I don't like good. If you mix that beer with some vanilla ice cream and turn it into a float, mm. it might be tasty though. I'll, I'll tell you that Carl knows what the fuck he's talking about. When he says some shit like that, you agree immediately because the last <laughs> couple beverages where I was like, huh, I don't know, and then he and he and he gave me one, I was like. What the fuck is this? His, yeah, man. His, uh, his his palate is quite refined, and I think, you know, I haven't tasted the beer, but just hearing the responses, yeah, and adding ice cream to vanilla ice cream, you might you might have a winner. I think that would actually really be good. See, this one this one smells a little lighter though, but this one has more. But see, it's the All light. Right. It's, it's the. See, I think this is already. All- Already racist already, right? Let me tell you why. <laughs> so why so why does the, the dark one smell and look like you feel me? And then we got this nice light beer, this nice white beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one is kind of hey, this one's kind of good, and I, I hate to admit it. The fuck is this? This is the uh, the pumpkin <laughs> imperial pumpkin ale from Southern Tier, also. Nice. This one, this one tastes more like pumpkin, like a like a pie. This mm. one tastes more like it got a little bit more flavor, and it's less bitter on the back end, but it's still nasty. <laughs> 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 you all that good excited, and it's still nasty. But it's still fucking horrible. But it's way better than the other one. Wait. I wonder if you mix it. Maybe it's maybe was it? Hey, I noticed they came two in the bag. Are you supposed to mix them. It's supposed to be like in a what is it, Die Hard with a Vengeance, where you're supposed to mix the mix the two chemicals and then it becomes bomb. <laughs> yeah, hey, let me check though. I'm just gonna check just because. It's See, solid. Oh, I just end, I ended racism with one pour. Now it looks like it an amber be. ale. Yeah, look at that mulatto ale. <laughs> a mulatto ale. Come on, man. Uh, hey, all of a sudden, you know that chick that played Black Widow looking kind of sexy right now. <laughs> are you even watching Black Widow? Or is she looking sexy? Scarlett Johansson, that beautiful white woman. She is divine. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, Halloween just happened. It was a lovely Halloween, and we're going to get to Halloween briefly. But it is officially No Nut November. A couple of the rules for No Nut November read as you cannot have sex masturbate or nut in any way shape or form it's too late <laughs> it's like does after midnight yesterday count 
Point number two, watching pornography and having bones are, oh, sorry. No. <laughs> are allowed. They are allowed, but you just can't nut. Oh, Rule number three. Definitely point, too late. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> point number three. You are only allowed one wet dream. If you have more than one, then consider yourself out. I can't control, you can't control that. No, 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 no. You can't control that. It's called turning 45. <laughs> I don't have a wet my wet dreams. I had one not too long ago. I, I, had a, I had a wet dream. That's because I peed on myself. I was taking too much lisinopril. Come on. Pedro, what does your lisinopril do for you exactly? That lowers your blood pressure and works through your kidney. And I wasn't sleeping with a woman. I was dreaming that I was at a toilet. <laughs> Bullet point number four. You do not have three strikes. You only have one shot at it. If you miss it, you're out. So just don't nut unless it's a wet dream, which you get one mulligan. But number five, if you have passed the month with a total of zero nuts, you are a victor and you shall qualify for destroy dick December, not recommended. And <laughs> number six, the final most important, look, man, just don't nut in 30 days. What do you guys think about that? This is what happens when you when you we in this world where sex becomes regular. Irregular sex is the norm, right? Now, now we into we gotta we gotta think of stuff to do. We can't we can't bust off. We can't watch regular missionary sex and bust off to it. We can't watch Mia Khalifa. And bust off to it. You know what? This is real. This is really. It's it's really irritating. Well, how long has this no nut November been going on? I, I never followed it. Since since the younger millennials got older, not the older ones like Jared and Brandon. Since the younger ones got older, they started doing this stupid ass shit. It was on the Office. No, no, that was just Movember. Uh, hold on, hold on. What do you mean, you people? It's not, I've heard of no nut November. I've heard of it. My question is, like, like I've heard of Movember, which is like for a good cause, like for prostate cancer, but it allows hipsters to feel like they're doing something in a civic duty while they go out and like grow their beards out, which is their man make. It gives them a reason to to, to try to look more handsome. It happened around the same time as the Giants or the uh, yeah the San Francisco Giants starting to win all their World Series and shit, and all the hipsters being like, man, we gotta grow our mustache and beards out. But anyways, my thing is, at least that is you're doing it and you donate to a good cause. It's like raising awareness, right? Does no nut November raise awareness for anything, or is it going towards a charity or anything positive? It's, it just seems just stupid. I woke up this morning and I'm like seeing what's trending on Twitter. I see no nut November. Oh, what does that mean? And I'm reading this and I'm like, I'm so confused. Like, what is happening? Like, what do you get out of this? Like, re- like I've heard of like sober October, which is good. Like, if you're drinking too much, it's a good thing to say, hey, I'm gonna take this month. Really try to get this under control. Because uh, then you the, start drinking again. It's just one month. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but it's one of those things like, all right, so like, what do you win? Okay. Well, why are you talking? <laughs> I really don't. I, it's so foreign to me. And I don't get why this would be a thing that somebody would willingly do. The only thing I could say is like for virgins feel cool for a month. If you're like a 25 year old virgin, and you're like, mm-hmm. man, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm doing this no nut November. Well, that's like basically that, you know, been your, been your life. Always say, hey man, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna have no sex during Lent. Yeah, this sounds, this sounds like, a, like a stupid game that only the castrated want to play. It's been around a while though. It's around the same time they started doing that, 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 uh, what was it? Something in a stake in a blowjob. 
Uh, was ice bucket challenge time too? You know, yeah, all that's that stupid millennial shit. You guys gotta be mad at yourself. Well, no, ice bucket challenge was for uh, a good cause. A good cause. No way. It was it was a waste of water though because we was money. in the drought. It didn't it save did money. Yeah, I mean, it didn't, it didn't raise money. How did it tell someone tell me I raised money? Well, no, the celebrity. Well, the celebrities raised money doing no one it. We it. didn't do it. No, no, no. That, that's we didn't why, raise no money. No, no. It does make money because when you put a hashtag on something for a good cause, it raises money. It just does. No, it, it was commercialized. It was commercialized. When people hashtag their social media for a good cause, good things happen for that cause. Okay. Well, I, I got a little <laughs> secret. I got a little secret. There's that no let November been going on for the last 17 years for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it no nut January? No nut February. I, I didn't want a full pandemic through that whole no nut thing. <laughs> That's no, November ain't shit for Pedro. <laughs> My balls is in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> My balls look like an ostrich right now, just ducking in the hole somewhere. <laughs> Pedro, Pedro will be like, are we going to nut tonight? I'm not going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> question of the day. Question of the day. And it comes from uh, RCO2. And I guess his question was in regards uh, about the new Dave Chappelle, the closer in the last article I've sent you, the lady says several times that she doesn't know what's in Chappelle's heart about if he hates trans people, but the through line of every article and headline is that he's saying transphobic things, his turf acknowledgement, probably closest trans thing I've read uh, to us, non-trans people. Do these seem to be transphobic statements or jokes? To me, they sound like more like observational annoyances he has had about the community. What do you guys think about the new Dave Chappelle stand-up uh, on Netflix? And for us, with you know, as I'm assuming, what's real? You're not trans. Um, none of us on the show are trans. Um, but um, in in your assessment of the the special. Um, do you? Find I was gonna make I was gonna make a bad joke, and then I decided I didn't want to be canceled. <laughs> are, are you? Uh, are, are we? Are, are you or any of us famous enough to get canceled? Pedro already canceled in the bedroom by his wife, so I mean, been canceled, been, been canceled. canceled there. So I mean, you could be canceled in, in I'm out here, small I'm out, segment. I'm out here buying it now. Just because you ain't famous don't mean you can't be canceled. He got canceled in the bedroom. You know, I got canceled. Some people get canceled. They can't go buy the milk they want in the store they want. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Are these uh, are these jokes and comments in Dave Chappelle's stand up uh, in your assessment? You know, are they transphobic or wh 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 what did you think in general about the actual stand up? Well, did everybody watch it? I watched it. I watched, I watched all it. of it. Oh, yeah, everyone, everyone here has watched it. Yeah. And, and I just think anything Dave Chappelle was going to say about any joke, you know, it's going to be real, but people are not separating entertainment from real life. In in the comedy sketch that he was talking about real life, I think a lot of people just took it, the parts that they wanted to take and wanted to be outraged about it. But if you actually listen to the whole stand-up, he's actually talking about a good friend of his. I'm not going to ruin it because everybody needs to watch it. I don't want to ruin it for anybody on the podcast. You need to watch it and understand it 
and see the comedic genius he was doing about somebody's real life. Everybody's so, I don't know where the sensitivity came from, but if y'all grew up in time, me and Aaron grew up, and was that sensitive? <laughs> then they would have been in trouble. They would have never made it. Very, oh my God, you guys would. Oh. They would have never made it. <laughs> hey, for our younger audience, I don't know where this is coming from. But sometimes I get on my son about this, and I'm like, Yeah, we weren't that. Man, we couldn't be that sensitive. You couldn't. You couldn't be. Sensitive. You wouldn't have made it through middle school, elementary, okay. or high school. Okay, it's it's very important. This is what we didn't have, and I, I know that uh, was real. You work with mental health, so we didn't have a lot of mental health uh, outs. It wasn't like really counseling, only counseling we got was from one side, one perspective. Bring white Jesus in your life to fill, you know, fill all those spaces that are missing in your life. You just bring Jesus and everything and fix everything. Praise white Jesus. That's what we were taught when we was growing up. You would just hope and pray that life didn't basically end your life. <laughs> we, was, we, was facing, we was facing the streets. So now for everybody to be offended, there's even people that's non-trend, not even in that community talking about, hey, he went too far. And I'm like, boy, did you listen to Eddie Murphy at all? Did you listen to Richard Pryor? Did you listen to any of the guys in the past? This bringing the white comedians in. Did you listen to uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield? Um, shoot, any of the, any of the safe... Yeah, George, George Carlin. George uh, I'm talking about the safe comedians like like the guys that you see on TV. Uh, oh, Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Those those guys went hard on the gay community. Oh, yeah. I mean, hard. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, you bring it, you're talking about safe as well. I mean, he's talking, uh, literally talking about his friend and his friend's life and some of the things that had changed his mind. And people just get sensitive about everything they it's it's clickbait, you know. Basically, you get you get to a, uh, a part or just one section he says, and everybody's offended. And that's what I really hate about the internet. Uh, I'm this close, just turning the whole shit off, you know. <laughs> Damn. I, I, I'm just Damn. this close. If it wasn't for a couple of women, it might give me a chance. Would have been <laughs> off. You know, we listen to the shorts, we listen to the clips, we listen to the TikToks. We get excited about those short. We don't never take the whole thing in. I, I knew right away when I heard it on the Breakfast Club that when they start saying things, they was offended by things. I was like, wait, there's something fishy here. Something's totally fishy. I yeah. watched it myself and I was like, oh my God, this man is talking about somebody's life. And yeah. they took one part like he was talking against the whole community. Yeah. And I'm like, Y'all got stuff messed up. I'm not even sure if those people that complain they even watch the whole damn thing or even understanding of it. All right. Uh, what's real? What about you? Uh, what, what's your take on, I guess, the question or the stand-up as a whole? You know, I think it's a lot of great, you know, great areas, and I think Dave Chappelle does, like, a good job of just, like, watching especially were definitely parts, like, I didn't agree with and things that he said. I was like, oh, like, you know, they were, like, cringy and parts I didn't, like, necessarily, like, you know, with points of view. So I was like, oh, I don't think that's true. Or, you know, I didn't, I didn't like connect with. Uh, but I think a lot of his, like, I will say his overall points that he was trying to make and the way that he was trying to make them and the way he was making connections, I thought was, was very brilliant. Uh, and I thought, you know, he had a lot of uh, good things to say. 
and you know his comparisons i think were accurate in the way that you know cancel culture you know i don't want to like give away part of the ending but you know cancel culture is important but you know it's got to be weary up to the point that you know what does it stand for and like whose lives are being affected you know a friend of, of dave Chappelle was uh highly affected by standing up for dave Chappelle to the point that you know seems counterintuitive to what you know it seemed like the cause was i thought a lot of his overall points were, were uh, very valid in the way that he compared you know how how certain comments you know get taken wanted to watch it and hope that you know open more dialogue and you know and just like you know uh different marginalized communities begin pissing against each other because i feel like that's kind of what's happening and it feels like you know uh what, what he's asking for it's like you know we need to come together like i feel like that was one of the closing remarks in the course like if you really pay attention it's like we need to have a conversation we're not on the same page like you think i'm here to attack you i'm not here to attack you like we need we need to find a way to be on the same page because you think i'm punching down and i'm not i'm everything's level like i, I make fun of everyone you know everyone he said like again like i'm gonna stop i'm not talking about this i'm done we need to have a, a mutual understanding until we have a, don't wait so much we have a mutual understanding for me to continue I think that's important. I agree with both of you guys said, as far as I do definitely agree with the conversation that needs to happen. Um, and I agree that, you know, it was real genius how he was, he set up all the jokes for like the point he was trying to push through at the end. And, you know, I'm, I'm from an older generation like Pedro, where I am a little less sensitive, like the John Gruden remarks didn't upset me that much. I mean, I was shocked by him, but it didn't upset me. And, and to me, that's what it, that, that was a bigger deal. You know, for as far as the Chappelle show, I agree with Pedro as far as like, yeah, it should start a conversation to come together. But it's also, it's an art form, right? Just like some people used to get offended by when, you know, the Statue of David or, or someone painting nudity, right? Uh, it's, it's art. It's art. I mean, you know, and the, the, the great thing about life is we can choose to put ourselves in positions where we could not be offended by things, right? I feel like there's, right now we're in a place where some people go out and it's like, they knew, like, all right, I know he's saying some some, some trans jokes and I know it's going to affect me, but I'm going to go watch this. It's like, no, back in the day, you knew who to watch. You knew who, to, who not to watch, right? I mean, I'd rather it's out in the open. When we start pushing that shit to the dark web and pushing it to the back doors is where we are now. And then you start getting really, really bad and distasteful hate comes out of it, right? Not to say hate's not behind it or whatever's behind it, but when it's on the forefront, it's not as it's not as scary as when it's, you know, when all of a sudden it's in the back and then next thing you know, you got militias coming out of Idaho, Montana, things like that when it gets pushed down. When some of the bigots had Don Imus to turn to and listen to, right? Like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to listen to Don Imus and hear him say a little bit of bigotry and, you know, talk about the, the, the North Carolina basketball team. I mean, excuse me, the Rutgers women's basketball team. And then being nappy headed hoes and all that. And if you wanted to be a bigot and, and, and enjoy that, you went to it. But now when we start canceling those things, then they go and they find it in darker places. Like even Howard Stern had a network that kind of still kind of put the brakes on some of his shit, right? Mm. Now you go to these places where the brakes aren't there. The protections aren't there, right? And, and that's my only problem with cancel culture. It's like, what's the reason behind it, right? Like, and, and are we using it correctly? Is it being used correctly, right? For me, every time, if you cancel someone for being an asshole, that doesn't help start a conversation behind it, right? That doesn't start 
getting people to talk it, it pushes them back and pushes them into it's like it's like they're being attacked right and, and these are the polarizing I think cancel culture pushes us more into polarizing the polarizing the country extremes. that we are. Yes. And we are going there, right? There's nothing before. There was nothing wrong with Look, not everyone's going to have the same opinion and there's nothing wrong with having different opinions. But for some reason, we're in a place where we start vo- viewing it as wrong. And then, you know what? I had my different opinion. Like, let's say I did, let's say I did have a different opinion. You know, I grew up like Pedro. I grew up in the church. Now I don't have an opinion. I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm okay. I'm more than okay. But you know, there's certain things and certain values we were taught in the church that older people and the people from the South that weren't okay with, right? Now, and if they kept it to themselves and not, you know, interact and treated people well, that was the most important thing, then you know, as long as people get equal rights and treated well and are respected, I think that's just as important. So I yeah. don't know, you know. I I think I think it speaks to something that um I think he was trying to articulate in the stand-up, and I think part of it is, well, for me, like I understand why some of the things he said, although they were jokes, so I'm taking it with a grain of salt as jokes, or like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna say the thing that you shouldn't say because I'm a comedian, and this is something sometimes people are gonna be thinking or feeling that uncertainty when they're put in a situation that they are un- unfamiliar with, they're uncomfortable with, or, um, you know. Uh, yeah. And so in that way, like you say that and sometimes as a punchline or as a as a concept and and yeah, like it's it could be a little cringy or it can be depending on who you are. But if you go into it with the understanding that like this is comedy, um, it's meant to poke fun. Like I know for us, like we make fun of like ignorant nigga shit all the time. Right. And granted, like we're and dead we, people and dead people. We and Drake um, and we have. We have a, a connection to the community that would be deemed termed, uh, termed or, you know, saying uh, experience a, a nigga experience and ignorant nigga shit. Right. And, you know, it's funny when Dave Chappelle is calling out ignorant nigga shit. Right. Everyone's laughing at it. It's good. And that's one of the things he said. I walked away from 50 million dollars because, you know, what I'm saying it was turning into a form of, you know, saying cooning out in a way that wasn't about the joke of equally articulating his perspective or calling out the, the 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 equality of being able to be joked on and and it's okay as long as i'm only staying in this lane you know saying like what why can't like if we are ever to truly be equals and be on an equal plane not punching up and punching down like i sh- i need to be able to like joke about you and you he can he can talk about the whites he can talk about ignorant nigga shit right but is that is that where his comedy is to stay is that is that how he is going to expand the either art form or the dialogue between these marginalized groups. Um, and I think he talked about that with the, the, the Clifford, the big, the big nigga Clifford joke, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's always just a broken heart because we're just big Negroes and it's okay. Like playing on those tropes, that idea that like, we could take the brunt of this. Black people can always take the brunt of the, the worst of the worst society has to give, but we can't joke about you. You know what I'm saying? And the, talk about the baby, like black people can, can get the worst trauma or the worst experience that to be associated with, but don't joke about these other marginalized groups. And it's like, that's not how we create intersectionality. That's not how we actually create, you know what I'm saying? A connectedness that sees people as equals and as on the same playing field, if we can't joke about certain things. Now I understand in the moment in time, moments in time, certain groups and certain people are gonna be more sensitive because of, you know, what has occurred to them historically, societally, but to get there 
and to get to what people would hopefully one day idealize as a post-racial society, not going to happen, but a society where people are equal across these, these different lines of identity, like we got to be able to like talk shit about each other. I think as in his way, he's like, if I could talk shit about you, I see you as an equal or I see you as somebody that's not better than me or below me. You're a person that I could talk shit about. You represent something that I could talk shit about because it is, like he said, a human experience in existence. That's like, that is what we're all doing on this planet, right? We're all living in experience and with different uh, ways of, you know, having opinions or, or seeing things, but also different experiences, but all still one and the same. So like for me to speak on you is for me to put you as an equal to me, not as somebody below me, you know what I'm saying? And I don't think his, his rhetoric or his jokes were blatantly, you know, derogatory, but I understand. And I do want to say like, I can understand where somebody who is trans or has, uh, or is allied to trans, uh, trans people, or LGBTQ people could feel offense to some of the jokes he says, and that's valid and fair. You can feel that offense. No one's saying that you shouldn't feel offended if you feel offended, but also what do you do when you feel offended? Do you take the offense and, you know, shout, shout the loudest? Do you take the offense, process it and move forward? Do you start a dialogue? Do you learn and just, you know, you know, find your way? Like Aaron said, find, like, if you don't like Dave Chappelle, cause he tells us- Turn it jokes, off. Turn it off. Like, turn yeah. it off. That's but, what I do when I feel offended. I yeah. turn something off. There's different when ways that you can I get offended by Drake's music. I turn it off. Yeah, but when you, when you force that offense onto the, onto other groups, then we start to get into another power dynamic. So I, I don't know, I, I'm, I, I was not offended because, of the jokes because I'm not, you know, of those, that marginalized communities, but also I wasn't offended because I also understood they were jokes. Um, and so for anybody who does feel offended, I would just say, you know, if you want to try and watch the whole thing, if you uh, feel offended by some of the concepts he's talking about, ask yourself why and where do we go with that feeling of offense? Because um, it, in the end, I, I feel as though it's, it's, it's jokes and like, like one of the ways, at least in you know my community, as a as as a person, as an individual living this experience, but also as a person of color, like I talk shit about you a little bit. I'll you know that's like one of I think the ways that we show love and dear endearment and also connection to people. Like Aaron and Pedro, they're like basically brothers. They talk shit about each other, make jokes about each other all the time. You know, what I'm saying like we. I'm, I'm definitely offended by a lot of things he says. I just hold it in because my um. I was learned in to mask in all my emotions from the eighties. <laughs> yeah, and, and I definitely keep stuff in too, especially like, uh, like usually when I leave his wife house when he at work. <laughs> Captain Pete Funk, you are our reigning champion. You get to start us off and select a category. Okay, Jim, let's go with gentrification or genocide for 100. Gentrification or genocide for 100. In 2016, this indigenous tribe protested the Dakota Access Pipeline from running through their sovereign nation's land. AG3. Who was Aaron Rodgers' fiance? Shailene, whatever. She was, she was the one acting like she was going through her land. She was there the whole time. <laughs> one of those special mega tents. Pedro. Oh, did you not raise your hand? All right, anybody? I oh. did, but... I don't know the answer. I have a question. Who's supposed to know the answer to this? Uh, some well-informed people that read. No, I Jared, 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 part of that woke Bay Area, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they expect us to know this. The answer is 
The Standing Rock Sioux. Standing Rock. Would accept the Standing Rock? The Sioux? Standing Rock Sioux? Any one of those words might have gotten you the answer since none of y'all Negroes <laughs> read or remember. I don't remember. And also, I was on that pipeline project. Captain P Funk, uh, still your selection. Let's go with John Gruden Thanksgiving for 100. Skip. Thanksgiving. John Gruden's Thanksgiving e cards for 100. All right, on this one, I'm going to give you a name of somebody, and you have to fill in what that e card would say. Thanksgiving e cards for 100. Dear Mark Davis, Captain P Funk. You tricked me. Ooh, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. AG3. Dear Mark Davis, I just said what we were all were thinking. That is correct. Wow. <laughs> you are back to zero, AG3, and you are now in control of the board. Who would you like to go to next? Uh, let's go this or that for 100, please. This or that for 100. Hot sauce or metal band. We're going to send it over to Todd. So, Todd, over to you. All right. Hot sauce or metal band, we all remember this one. Satan's penis. Satan's Molsky. penis. Hot sauce. Oh, it is a thrash metal band from the United States. <laughs> what? False. You can't put you can't put Satan's penis or any sell that any store. No, you can't sell that in no store. I wouldn't put that, sell that up Asterisk. <laughs> Uh, underground all yeah. right after three questions we have two people at negative 100 and one person at zero hey hey chef hey skip hey bob why don't hey, you ask a black question right <laughs> am i a score what's the best flavor of kool-aid or something like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay we'll get to that don't worry we'll get to something maybe all right uh ag3 you're still in control of the board uh i nigga what you <laughs> Hey, nigga, what you eating on for 100? Butter, onion, celery, eggs, broth, spices, and bread all make up the up the, <laughs> up the rectum. Make this Thanksgiving classic. AG3. See, see this. Uh, what is stuffing? That is correct. No, so I need to get bonus points because that isn't dressing. Dressing doesn't go inside of turkey. That's why it's called dressing. Ooh. It's on the outside of the turkey. That's that Moderna speaking. That's Moderna. All right, AG3, still in control of the board. Uh, let's go with the MAGA Thanksgiving for 100. MAGA, MAGA Thanksgiving be like for 100. This one's an all answers one. So if you get a good enough answer, you will get points for it. MAGA Thanksgiving be like for 100. Grandma Sadie breaks down after hearing DC announce the new Superman, Jonathan Kent, is gay. AG3. This is why I didn't want to take that vaccine. I don't want to live in a world no more that just vilifies and take out all our great American heroes. That is correct. <laughs> what? <laughs> Malski Walski. Uh, what is the agenda? That is correct. Captain Funk. Wait a minute, we, so we're also supposed to answer this one? Yep. Everyone gets a free answer. Maggot Thanksgiving be like. Um <laughs> Damn, Pedro. Man, I, you I, I know. Can't, man, I can't. <laughs> can I get another answer just to throw off the That's his answer, man. I can't. Man, I can't. DC announced new siblings. I don't his understand this. Yep, I should be able to say Man, my time is up, man. Jared, what the hell, man? <laughs> 
correct. Who the hell is Grandma Sadie? It's hey, Matt. Thanks, Thank Pedro. You did this last year. You were actually quite hey, good wait. at it. Can I say this? Aaron gets to answer it. AG3, no, no grandson. Grandson. It's not that I'm I'm not anti-gay. I'm just anti-LBGQ. That is correct. Uh Rayski the King, do you have one for this? No, I for sure don't, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. AG3 is still in control of the board and is building a lead. AG3 at 200, Captain P Funk at minus 200, and Mosky Walski with zero dollars. Before you go. I'm going to just say from the audience view, it seemed like you and Aaron came up with these questions together or that brother read everything that you read. <laughs> I send enough ignorant stuff, I think. I believe so. That's exactly what it is. He says so much damn ignorant. Well, uh, AG3, you are still in control of the board. Yeah, I know what I'm not going to choose. Uh, <laughs> I'll go gentrification or genocide for 200s too. Gentrification or genocide? Gentrification or genocide? Genocide. Genocide for 200. Bonafide. Duncan Campbell Scott worked in the Department of Indian Affairs and is associated with the phrase kill the Indian and the child through his work in the expansion of this system during the 1920s and 30s. Eh? Captain P Funk. Uh, what is the walk of yes, walk of tears? That is incorrect. Captain P Funk, I'm sorry. You know what? I don't know if we can keep giving him negative points. He'll be broken. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, that's how I started out in life. <laughs> Mosky Walski. What is the trail of tears? That is incorrect. Yeah, AG3 gonna chime in. No, he's gonna no, sit no, there. No, I'm not going back to zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the answer is the residential. That's, slash boarding that's what schools. I thought, but I didn't want to take that chance. It's okay. Don't worry. It's a tough category. It's called gentrification or genocide. I need some more Negro questions. You got to understand. <laughs> I'm the well, only person. Uh -huh. The returning champions, the only person who didn't go to college <laughs> or to the 11th, 12th grade of high school. These, these questions are way too complex for my Negro brand. <laughs> well, hopefully our fans out there are learning something new today. I'm learning. I'm wasting some knowledge on these answers. <laughs> All right, AG3, you are still in the lead. I'm still in control of the thing. And the control of the board. Oh, God. Uh, let's go. All right, nigga, what you eating? What you eating on? Hey, nigga, what you eating on for 200? Yeah, I think he just create these questions so we can lose our jobs. Exactly. <laughs> Butter, milk, cream, pasta, and cheese keeps your stomach mac. Oh, Mosky Walski. Macaroni. Macaroni. Oh, that's a is that's your full answer. <laughs> and cheese. Oh, oh come okay. On, <laughs> come on. Mac and cheese is correct. What Mosky you eat the other shit with the mayonnaise? Is that what you eat? <laughs> macaroni salad ass. Just macaroni, dude. You just said that's macaroni. the only macaroni, knocker. You talking black? You eating that other nasty that shit? That is the only macaroni. I vouch. Thank you, sir. That other. Cheese. I don't acknowledge that but, other but stuff. But there's a there's a about the salad. You go to a black household and be like, go get you some, just they say eat some macaroni or they say eat some mac and cheese, macaroni and no, cheese. No, 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 no. If you say eat some macaroni, you're talking about coleslaw. Macaroni. Well, anyways, Mosky Walski, you got it. Right now we have AG3 in the league with 200. Mosky Walski with zero is in second. And Captain P Funk I still have zero. is minus 400. <laughs> you were at may, minus 200 before you got that one right. Just trying to keep a brother down. You are in control of the board. What do you want next? Oh uh, yes. Uh, 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 let's do a uh, uh, 
John Gruden for uh, 200. John Gruden's Thanksgiving e-cards. Dear Michael Sam, Walski Walski. What is your gay? <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Moski Walski, you are in the lead and now have 200. Uh, what do you want to go to next? Let's do MAGA Thanksgiving for 200. MAGA Thanksgiving be like for 200. Uncle Briscoe explains why Kyle Rittenhouse was the real victim. Moski, oh. go ahead. What is, why are you woke folk trying to keep the white man down? That is correct. <laughs> Cam P. Funk. He was being attacked by a skateboard. So you have to shoot them. You have to shoot them. True. That is correct. AG3. Uh, he was just doing what every God-fearing uh, American patriot would do and go out there and defending that property from all the killers and degenerate styles out there. That is correct. He didn't shoot Jeffrey Blake. <laughs> they were trying to shoot him. He had the, the right to defend himself. He's a good American boy. He, is he was acquitted on all counts. Uh, Rayon, do you have an answer for why Kyle Wardenhouse is really the victim? Yeah, because you knew what this was before you got with it. It's either you knew what this was. That is correct. <laughs> Moski, you are still in control of the board. Let's keep it nice and white. John Gruden's Thanksgiving for 300. John Gruden's 300. Thanksgiving e-cards for 300. Dear Roger Goodell, Cam P-Funk. Dear Roger Goodell, you um, effing F-word, you blackmail me, and you ruin my career, you big lip Negro. <laughs> That is maybe almost completely correct. Ignore it. Say that. That's exactly what he said. That is exactly what he said. Call him an F word and a Negro at the same time. Call him a nigga. Your wife showed me her Michelin tires. Does anybody else have a John Gruden email uh, e card to Roger Goodell they want to read? Here, Roger Goodell, why don't you just cut that Colin Kaepernick's nuts off? Matter, bitch. Uh, AG3, you have one? Dear Roger Mega Goodell. Lives Matter. Dear Roger Goodell, can you stop the madness? You are Cal Rittenhausen, John Gruden. He should, he is the victim in this situation, not the aggressor. All he said was somebody was rubber lipping. I use rubber lipping every day to describe when somebody's lying with a big black lips. I mean, when they just lying. That is correct. That is correct. That is all correct. Uh, however, Pedro was the first one to chime in on that one. That's not an all answers one. Cam P. Funk. You are in control of the board, and now you've broken. You're back in the positives. You're in charge of the board. What do you want to go to? Okay, Chef. Let's go with what would Michael B. Jordan do for 100? WWMBJD Thanksgiving for 100. Michael B. Jordan is making a plate at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade Banquet. What will Michael B. Jordan do? That doesn't make any sense, Jerry. <laughs> You gotta start writing Just smoke regular weed, man. <laughs> Leave this man alone. Michael Why B. Jordan. No Michael B. Jordan. Making a plate at the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade banquet. What will Michael B. Jordan do? He walk up to the lady and probably say something like, "I'm gonna take this mac and cheese and chicken off your hands." That is correct, Racey the King. <laughs> the audience done interrupted. <laughs> He'd say. He'd say. Bury me with the ancestors. 
because they knew peas don't go in macaroni and cheese. That is correct. They also knew that dressing is outside of the turkey, not inside of the asshole. <laughs> Our question of the day, let's get to question of the day. Question of the day, is the player empowerment movement ruining American sports? This weekend, Kirk Herbstreet was on ESPN calling one of the bowl games, one of these really important bowl games, actually one of the actual like big ones that actually has some ranked teams in it and, you know, has a little prestige to it and said, I think this era of players just don't love football. He was talking about uh, a lot of players sitting out these bowl games um, during these during the bowl season and not playing in these bowl games, not representing their alma maters or the universities and uh, giving it their all and finishing out the season um in that way so um my question of the day is is the player empower empowerment movement ruining american sports um according to aaron it is i guess we got a lot of information now i posted on instagram a while ago it's okay to tell little white lies just to keep tradition going uh i was talking about christmas i was talking about people not knowing santa claus is not white he is black Problem is with today's sports, we have too much information, so it soils the game. I kind of, I kind of agree with Kurt uh, Herbstreit a little bit, just a little bit, mm-hmm. because with the money, the information, how big the money is, it's the problem in NBA, it's the problem with baseball, it's the problem with now college football. So it's, it's they didn't have it that way. They wasn't smart enough to get the information. So he's kind of sour about it. You see what I'm saying? He's bringing across his experience. But to have information, and if you can handle information, if you're smart about your money, smart about using your name likeness to get money, get the money. You know, it ruins my experience. I would like to see some good football. I watched Oregon versus, who did they, who did they play in the um, in their bowl game? Anybody know? Mm-hmm. Oregon was playing somebody that didn't matter. No, Oregon, (laughs) come on, man. So in the first half, in the first half, you can see Oregon just mailing it in. They didn't give no effort. Nobody was blocking. Oh, they played Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay, so in in the first half, I'm like, wow. You can see one team looking like they're just mailing in. The other team looking like, hey, they're trying to prove something. It was the Midwest against the West. See, you know how they get all the twerks, you know, the perks and everything, being in Oregon and guys go there for the swag. You see the Oklahoma team that's, that's in the dirt, they're in the grime of everything. They was actually playing hard until the second half Oregon woke up. That was the kind of balance Kirby Hershey was talking about. You got people just, it's just like you have no feeling for these bowl games if you don't get to the, if it's not the top echelon, it's not the, playoff game uh they feel like okay you just you just screwed us over i'm gonna get this money um f what y'all going through f the tv contracts and all that stuff i'm taking yeah. care of self which i agree on but it does taint it taints the sport it brings less less effort it brings i got to take care of myself i'm not really thinking about the next man because i'm going into the future i got to protect my investment mm-hmm. so it's not it's knowledge it's not you're not playing for Art and everything. Everybody's paying for knowledge these days. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. This is what he had to say. We'll hear the actual clip. 
the amount of money. Like, what's the difference as a player in saying these games are meaningless when, as we played in, quote-unquote, meaningless games? I mean, I know you guys were right. here a lot, but I just don't understand. If you don't make it to the playoff, how is it meaningless to yeah. play football and compete? Isn't that what we do as right. football players? We, we compete. So yeah. I, I, don't know if I don't know if changing and expanding it yeah. is going to ch change anything. I really don't. I think this era of player just doesn't love football. That's what I was about to say. We're dealing with a total men different mentality when we're dealing with these um, student athletes nowadays, especially the football players. I mean, their whole mentality right now is about the championship, the playoff. We got to get into the, the CFB or the CFP. And because of that, they don't value the bowl games. Now, when we were coming up, Hershey and myself, like to go to a bowl game was a huge reward for a fantastic season. That's what it meant. It's like, okay, your team played this well, so you're going to be rewarded by going to this bowl game. You're going to get a ring. You're going to get swag. Now, kids don't really care about that. They're, they're, they, they have a sense of entitlement. And it's like if we're not going to the one that matters, then, you know, it just doesn't have as much – value to them as it did us growing up i think you phrased the question you made the question bigger than than, than this one issue right when you said player empowerment movement because i think this issue isn't really about player power movement uh is player power movement to answer that question bad for american sports just some american sports like nba for example let me just say the names out nba we saw two players leave because a coach got in their face and told them that they needed to have more effort an older coach, a guy that's old enough to be my father's age, John Lucas, well-respected in the game. John Lucas, if Pedro knows this, John Lucas was one of those guys that saved a lot of NBA players' career, helped them get off drugs, and helped stay it off, right? And he got in Kevin Porter Jr.'s and uh, Christian, Christian Woods' Wood. face. And Kevin Porter Jr. left the stadium right after that. He didn't get a face to fight to disrespect them. He told them they ain't put out the effort. And he was right. They probably went out and partied all the night before. NBA has a player empowerment problem. I don't think a lot of the sports, some don't, some do. NBA is the one that really has the problem. Christian mm -hmm. Wood refused to go back in. James Harden get, gets a, a very, look, I like uh, Paul Silas, right? Junior. I Steven like Silas, you mean? Steven Silas. Excuse me. Paul Silas was his dad. Steven Silas. I, I like him as a coach. He looks really good, really knowledgeable, really. He, unlike, unlike some of the coaches Pedro talked about earlier today, he knows how to run sets and plays and calls in the huddle. And James Harden quits on him before he even can meet the guy, right? Here you are. You got an African-American coach who's really good, and they quit on him. And so I think the NBA has a player empowerment problem. I don't think a lot of other sports do. Uh, as far as this situation with Kurt Herbstreet, uh, he was tripping, dude. He needs to understand that those games are exhibition games, right? They yeah. count for nothing. They count for nothing other than just to grease some pocketbooks that aren't the players' pocketbooks. It's different when him and Desmond Howard played. There wasn't as many bowl games. So it gave you another chance to shine a light, maybe to get some NFL scouting, maybe just to get, you know, just to have one more chance. That's like, what they had, the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl and some of those other. Like, everyone don't make that. Everyone they, don't make yeah. the Senior Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. So back in the days, for it was a big deal. Like bowl season was over January 1st, back in the day. It wasn't, and it wasn't a lot of them. It was like, you know, four bowls on January 1st, a couple spring, spring throughout like December, just a yeah. few of them. It wasn't like now. Well, where it's like in, in the 19, that was put into 30 years ago in 1991, 90-91 season, there were 19 bowl games. Currently yeah. this year, there were 44 bowl games. 
So <laughs> I want to know how many there was in 1988, 1989, around the time I started writing, because in it's, 89, it's probably similar in the teens. I think it was less than that. Cause uh, I know when Kurt Herbstreit played, cause like you finished third in your, in your conference, you didn't play anything, no matter what your record was. 15, 15 in 1980. So See, throughout the that 80s, sounds about right. there's, there's yeah, mid teens. Um, and I, mm. I think, I think that's a fair assessment. It's like, you have all these different money grabs where you have games that don't mean anything. And yeah, like maybe some of these games, like the, the bowl games between like the, the ninth and 10th place team and the 12th and 13th place team or something like that. Those like, you know, you want to like, it's an opportunity if you haven't played this team. Like this is a team we were looking at all season and we were comparing and fighting maybe to get in that bowl playoff. We want to play against them. Like I could see that where you might like be like, you know what? These players don't love football because it's an opportunity for you to go against a team that you didn't get to play yet. And that, can kind of like rank you for next year or be like, yeah, we were better than that, that team this season. But at the same time, when you look at the the number of different bowls, like in six and six teams that, that were playing in bowl games this year, it is a meaningless game. There's no reason to feel happy about going 500 on a season. Yeah. You didn't have a losing season. That's what six wins means that you won't have a losing season as a college team, but it doesn't mean that you're actually like playing for anything other than just, yeah, your own, like, you know, pride and honor. And, and the reason why I ask is, is the player empowerment movement, you know, ruining sports is because a lot of this is being framed in the, in the, through the lens of analyzing the player decisions not to play or who they don't want to play for or where they want to play and when they want to play. See, I think it's different because college is amateur. Those players are amateur. They're not making money. Yeah. So they have the full right to be like, I'm not going to play. Like I'm not yeah. going to pay for I'm not being I, com- well, I They might have that. their, after this year, they might be, you know, getting their little endorsement deals to play, but yeah, they're not being played no, for. No, they got playing. the endorsement deals, but that has nothing to do with playing. Yeah, yeah. They're so, still amateur, whereas NBA and professional sports, you get a paycheck for showing up. Or if you're the NBA, you go on salary, so you don't have to show up. So at the college level, Kirk Herbstreit knows, you know, I think it's one of those generational things where he played in a time where they were okay with it mm-hmm. being where our bodies are being used. And they both were, I, I'm assuming Herbstreit was, was a quarterback? Herbstreit was a quarterback for Ohio State, but he was a running quarterback. Okay, he's a quarterback, so he's the most protected player on the field, even though no, played no, in no, they no, no, in the no, he, no, 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 I'm just saying he played in and the he time. was he was an option quarterback. Dude. Okay. He took more hits than his running backs. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, fine, fine, whatever. It's not this is not the quarterback. This is not Tom Brady and the quarter Drew Brees and the quarterbacks you see nowadays. Mm-hmm. He got hit. Okay, he got hit. Desmond Howard was a superstar receiver, return man. These are guys that that the reason why they're on the TV to continue to push this this product um, is because they loved the sport. They were stars or had great careers and they're known in the sport and they're, they're good talkers and their money is derived off of them being able to talk about these games and events continuing. So for me, they're a little bit biased in their own pr- perspective on how they're analyzing these players, not loving the sport. Cause I'm sure if Herb street and Desmond Howard came up in today's time, they probably would be like, yeah, like I might not play that game. That game's not worth it. Our team, it's not highly ranked. We barely had a winning season. I'm not gonna play in this bowl game. And that should be fair. I think I think when you have the old heads as you age into becoming conservative based on how you lived your life coming up and you look at the new st- standard, um, like sometimes you might you, see, you, you evaluate it as being them not loving it or you know what I'm saying being entitled. And it's like there might be that. there might be a little bit of that, but also like they're being entitled against what? A, a multi-billion dollar industry, that is not paying them. Um, and so in that way, I think that, you know, the bowl games and 15 bowl games, the 44 bowl games, NCAA football, you know what I'm saying? And basketball making billions of dollars every year without paying anybody other than the people that work in the NCAA and the coaches like is 
it's fucked up. Well, you, and we, and we you also got to remember, Jared, the money wasn't in the sport like it is now. So yeah. when those guys did yeah. play, they did play for love of the game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't, even though there was money to make a bowl, it wasn't what it is now. There's a reason why universities started selling out. Like Syracuse left the, the, big, t- the big East. Syracuse left the Big East. All, it was a football move. Syracuse is a basketball school, but they had a football team. And the president said, the president was like, we can make more money if we go to another football. Con- we got to go to a bigger conference that has football. That's why they went to the ACC. The money wasn't there back when, when those guys played, right? No, not, and I'm not talking about the money to grease your pockets, right? That, mm-hmm. that, that envelope that Chris Carter was getting at the end of each game. I'm talking about like the money still, it wasn't big time money like it is now. University mm-hmm. presidents are fired because of college football. Like that wasn't true back then. They did play for the love of the game. So he might have a little point there because they, but, but the circumstances were different. You know, with that assessment, he needs to, you know, preface it by being like, from my perspective and my experience, I don't think players love the game the same way. And that's fair. But to kind of the way he said it was kind of, a, I feel like a little more condescending being like, these players just don't love the game. And, 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 you know, they're, they're, they don't they're love it like up. he do. They don't, well, well he loves it because he still got a job for it. And he's been <laughs> had a job for it. Just like Tim Tebow yeah. love it because his legacy is built on that shit. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to do our the good, the bad, and the WTF of The Harder They Fall. The Harder They Fall is a Western, uh, a black Western movie. The WTF, something that made you, that wasn't bad or necessarily good, but something that was peculiar in the movie that made you say, what the, what the, what the fudge? AG3, AG3, what was your WTF for this My WTF was, uh, uh, what's his name, Lakeith Sanfield. Lakeith Sanfield. Great actor. Man, he embodied cool in the beginning of that movie. I like how they did his character, the what the F, because this isn't my what the F, but how he went from being like the super coolest person in the world at the beginning and then the person you loathe at the end. Love that. He did it well. My what the WTF moment is, why the hell was that motherfucker wearing diamond stud earrings in the movie? <laughs> He just, like, he, just took, he just, he just, he just took mine. So, I, <laughs> oh, that was yours. <laughs> yeah, you don't have that. What? And, the I, hell and, and everything Aaron was gonna say, he took it right out of my mouth. You took, you took, <laughs> because you I thought took, I, I love, I love a key stamp here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> act, he can act. Yeah. I googled you. <laughs> he had diamond earring. It's a western of darts. I'm sorry, they didn't wear diamond earrings. Hold like on. This. What kind of? He would have been Aaron? shot alone. A western dude. Western, how I say Western in LA. Did you say Western because <laughs> career college too? <laughs> Man, it's a Western movie, just like Western at Western in LA. <laughs> how do you spell go, Western? Hey, hey Pedro, Pedro, I've never Pedro. heard Western with a C in it. Pedro, what's the street? <laughs> Western what's the, with what's the, the R the after the T. Pedro, what's the major street if you're going down Florence in between Van Nuys, there's some letters, Van there's Ness some letters and that are new in there. Western? <laughs> Sound, did he just say it like I said it? No. no Pedro, say Western. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Side by side. Pedro, say say the word. Western. Baron, say the word. It was a Western movie. This magic moment. Are you talking about uh, Winston? They need to leave the Bay Area. These, these are two fools. These two dudes need to be, leave the Bay Area for a couple of <laughs> about three years. <laughs> 
They need to go live somewhere with some more black people. Right, I'm gonna move. To I'm gonna name the cities you can't move to. Aaron, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna move to the East Coast and I'm gonna come back to the Western. Oh, I might need you guys to live in South Carolina for a little bit or something. Aaron, Aaron, I need an all black town. Say it one more time, Aaron. Say it one more time. Uh-huh. What Western? Try again, motherfucker. <laughs> Western. In a Western movie, nobody had no diamond earrings. I don't that see Clint Eastwood. Clint, Clint. <laughs> he would have got shot. He would have got shot by his own people for them diamonds. Yeah. Think about it. He told the uh your boy Rufus Buck told the little kid to pick up the gold, the gold, the gold fillings in yeah. somebody's mouth. No, what about his, the dude got diamond earrings on? Yeah. He would have got shot by his own people. The person yeah. who sold him the earrings would have shot him in the back. That's how bad he is. He can walk around with them diamond earrings. He would have got shot by Rufus Buck himself. Come on. They didn't have no money. They didn't have no money. Jared, Jared, I need he would have shot him for them earrings. I need to cut up all the audio. I need, I want to hear Aaron say, them niggas from Western San Diego <laughs> is whore. Right? They're, all, they're all Mexican. They're whore. <laughs> That's how you said hard. You said hard. You said hard in LA. Pork. 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 Mexican. Western. They don't know what the word bellin means. It's so hard. Bellin, mobbin, scrapping. Oh, shit. Get my squab on. My squab on. You ever heard of my squab on? I just heard someone say that in an interview the other day. It was a rapper from LA, an older one. He was like, "Yeah, man, I used to get, I used to squat, get my squab on." Mm-hmm. Quinn, what was your WTF for the movie? My WTF was I really could not place where the hell Regina King was supposed to be from. What was that accent? I do, seriously, <laughs> some of the I, I I'll say some of the accents mm-hmm. they were like kind of in and out at times with some of their yes. characters, which they I was like inconsistent. Even Cherokee okay. Bill, he had like sometimes mm-hmm. where I was like, is he talking with the accent or is he just talking like Lakeith Stanfield? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> he's talking right. like he's Western yeah, or, yeah, or weird Negro. Too. I was like, was he supposed to be part Native Cherokee Bill? Because he he yeah. had an accent. They all had weird Western accents. <laughs> come on, dude, come on. I think the the accent she was going for was Geechee. Is it is that what they call it? Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, trying to I think it's from New Orleans to have a Geechee accent. Kind of like a Geechee Southern, yeah, the Cajun Southern Geechee. Yeah, I think I that's know. what it she didn't was going sound for. Like that. I don't it didn't know. sound like a Geechee. Yeah, accent. so she was. So she's from New Orleans. Her, I mean, her her true life characters from New Orleans. Uh-huh. Okay, that that didn't sound like anything either. It didn't sound like a Geechee accent. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was a bad right, job. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was that was the one thing that just un, the music didn't take me out, but her accent kind of kept making it kept making me bump a little bit. Like I don't know what that is that she's doing. Her family I, I out wanted, there crying to see her her throat was slit. I, <laughs> I was I wanted more of her shooting white folks <laughs> on a nigga. I that to me that was dope. <laughs> <laughs> The way you stupid! Wow, <laughs> <laughs> dope. I enjoyed that there just wasn't a lot of white presence on the screen. Period. Yeah, it didn't turn into like a black versus white restaurant. <laughs> I was happy they didn't do that. Not a lot of that, but I think uh, if I was the Indian community, I would kind of be upset because 
they wasn't represented in this movie. Mm, I mean, it was it took place in the American South, Pedro, not way out there in the uh, South, Southwestern. I thought, it meta, I thought it was West. I thought it was more. Oh, you're West. talking about the Native community. I don't know. The indigenous community. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're yeah. talking about Indians. Because there, I, I want to say, yeah, it was um, it was Nat Love. He was half. Uh, Indian or I mean Native American. I thought Cherokee, the Cherokee person. I think two of them were. Oh, it was two of them. It was two yeah. of them. And um, Rufus Buck actually ran with um, some Hispanics too. Paige, you coming out with all like you a 1970s <laughs> Hispanics, Mes Indians. I'm sorry, Mexicans. He, he ran with Hispanics. It just sound like he worked for the city controllers. I'm bad. They didn't show. I didn't. They didn't show the Orientals fixing the world. <laughs> no, Orientals. That's the only thing you missing out. Orientals and the Irish. <laughs> uh, you know, I would also like you know speaking of speaking of the different races, like in the very beginning, the scorpion dude is a Latino dude. Mm -hmm. yeah. I wanted to know, like, so obviously Rufus is in, in those days, back in the day, 30 years before, mm -hmm. he has sort of a diverse group of folks that he was running with. Like, what happened to that? I, I kind of, that's yeah. like the most minor point, but like, mm -hmm. like he walked in that place with just a Latino dude. It was him and that dude and they, they had their thing. And then all of a sudden he has this all black entourage. Like what happened yeah. to... That you yeah, you know. My my WCF, there was two things that got me. First one was I wanted more of what was Rufus Buck's vision for Redwood. And she's like, I'll go to the ends of time with you if you you know, <laughs> as long as you you dedicated to that. I'm like, Well, what is that to create a town for black folk, create a, a bus a growing metropolis or a growing area for black folk to be safe and have their own area? Is that what it is? you didn't really get that so it was like almost like i wonder like if that's the case then i kind of almost want to rule a little bit more for rufus buck but then the other thing that really got me that had me say what the fuck is ain't no way an old ass white haired crack ass motherfucker who's willing to call a black woman a nigga is gonna stop a motherfucking train dead on his tracks to not run her <laughs> nigga ass over like, there's a nigga on the track. Well, it's about to be a nigga under the track. Maybe he's <laughs> like <laughs> Wasn't she wearing a soldier's uniform? But no. I was thinking that same thing, too. I was like, the, the, the train got a cow catcher on it. Why yeah. can't he hit a woman on a horse? Mm -mm. A person yeah. on a horse. He couldn't tell who it was. Especially trains back in that day. Imagine he's stopping after going that fast. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm not just going to run a person over. I'm mm -hmm. like, man. It's too late. She got to go. She on the tracks. She about to be. She, she about to be Niggas, somewhere spread her along these tracks. Shooting outside my house, yo. Niggas, what? what? Niggas is shooting outside my. Oh, house. that's what broke the uh the broke the glass. I, I thought someone broke into it. That's why I'm ducking in the kitchen. <laughs> what? Are you back on this call? <laughs> <laughs> Also, no nut November, guys. Power, I just want to do a check-in with Pedro, Aaron, um, Andrea. You, you can't, <laughs> you ain't got to share how your no nut November is going. But we're just gonna check. I have in. no problem sharing. <laughs> how, <Right>. been, <laughs> <laughs> how, 
tell you, to, no, tomorrow, no <laughs> to, tomorrow when you see Jared, go ahead and put him in the arm bar. Because he's going to have, you're going to be pissed off at him. <laughs> uh, Jared, I'm never upset with Jared. Okay. <laughs> Uh, give it time. Give it time. Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> give it time. Uh, but all right. Well, uh, Pedro, no nut November check-in. How's it going? Uh, yeah. So I'm trying to remember. Let's see. I hate to be this graphic, but that's probably I had a no nut August too. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I think it was in July. Yeah, not in July. I think twice in July. That's two times I'm not in July. Shoot, I must have been looking sexy. Uh, so October? Is October count as one of those months? I don't think they have no nut October, but they could call it. But they have something to do with Halloween. My, my, my balls was hanging on some chains. So I, I, was the, <laughs> I was the ghost. I was the ghost of no nut. <laughs> The goat of that just, the, that just leaked over into November. The ghost of nuts past. <laughs> We're gonna take you really far so, back. So actually, although I don't believe in that crap, I'm actually practicing it. Okay. So you, you are a devout so it's no just, nutter. It's, I'm, a devout, <laughs> I'm a devout 45 year old lonely married black man. Oh gosh. Oh. Are you 45 and you married, you're the most loneliest man ever. Said lonely married. <laughs> you got stepkids. Yeah. You got, you got grandkids. All that stuff comes before any intimacy. So I ain't hugged you nobody. Like so your long. grandkids sleep in your bed. <laughs> they did. Yeah, with that time, they don't live there. Pedro look himself uh, in the mirror every morning and say, I'm gonna eat your cornbread. Every time it's a cycle. <laughs> it is an ongoing cycle, Pedro. We, we pray for you. We pray for you, sir. But we are happy to hear that your no nut November is still intact. How about you, Andrea? Is your no nut November still intact? Hell no, I am good to me. <laughs> Fuck all that. I don't even try to participate. Everybody was talking that shit. No nut November. You a nut for not, not nothing in November. I'm going to. <laughs> shit. Salute the vagina. With or without somebody else, I am good to me. <laughs> Power to the people. Said Kofa on that one. That's right. <laughs> Fuck all that. <laughs> so she, she's, she's, she, she effing all that. Tell you what, go ahead and read it. You see the rules on that, Andrea? Did you, yeah, did you see the rules uh, yeah. on the, the No Nut November? Oh, that, you that, made that. it clear. I have a podcast with Kevin oh, okay. doing everything. Mm -hmm. On the Crazy first stuff. day of November, I was out. <laughs> Hell no, I, no. I refuse to participate. <laughs> uh, well, all right, all right. Um, that's uh, that's you know what. Uh, we have one person still in it, one person out of it. Let's see. Let's move on to the next person. Ag three. How is your no nut November? Is it still intact for you, my brother? You're just like saying that I told you when you first talked about that. I ain't participating in this shit. I ain't talking oh. to you about this shit either. <laughs> I ain't talking about this shit. I don't celebrate no hot national hot dog day, no national donut day, no right? national dog day. Tell me about this shit. I'm too old for that shit, Jared. <laughs> right, I'm a grown man. When I moved out of my mom's house, Jared, 
and she knew this. I was so I could do whatever the hell I want when I want. See, that's why, see, these men nuts busy. See, they got to keep their nuts busy. I don't celebrate any holiday that don't give me a day off. Amen. <laughs> and, and look, you can even keep Juneteenth because that shit is during summer when I don't get a day off. <laughs> we do not get that off. <laughs> we know. Y'all they give us um, all them other bullshit staff development days. They can give us that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, uh, my no nut November is still intact. I am. Um, oh, you a fucking lie. Hell I, no. It is intact. I'm on my third try though, but <laughs> it is still intact. But they get a tingling all in their nuts where they nuts get bored. <laughs> <laughs>